Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 144 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, and this is episode number two in a two episode day. The reason that I'm doing two episodes is because I want these episodes, gosh, please say episodes one more time, Alice, to be as specific as possible to the stage of business that you're at. So episode number 143, we're sharing five tips if you're in the starting and growing phase of your business. And this episode that you're listening to right now is five tips if you're in the pivoting or the scaling phase. Now, I do feel that these tips are helpful and relevant no matter where you're at with your business. So if you wanna get all the intel possible, listen to both, but so that you can get the most specific help possible, let's get into it. Here are five tips if you are pivoting or scaling your business. I'm so excited to let you know that this episode has been created in partnership with Penfold, the pension provider for those who are self-employed, aka us business owners. As you know, the financial side of running a business is something I've been on a journey with. A few years ago, I was burying my head in the sand and I had no systems in place. And now I've got organized finances and peace of mind that my money is working hard for me. A big part of what helped me get from A to B was starting a Penfold pension. I remember it clearly. I was sat on my sofa when a friend tweeted me a link to Penfold asking if I'd considered getting a pension. And the honest answer was no. I was 21 at the time. Surely I didn't need to be thinking about a pension. And then I realized as someone who is so intentional about taking action for my future self in every other area of business, why wasn't I doing it with my finances? Penfold appealed to me for two main reasons. First of all, it's so simple. The sign-up process took a couple of minutes and was so much easier than I'd expected. Plus, they've got a calculator which tells you how much you should be putting in each month. And secondly, the contributions are flexible. As we know, income can fluctuate when you run a business and Penfold gets that. You can put in as much or as little as you want, pausing or topping up when needed. Plus, if you've got previous pensions, Penfold's friendly team of experts can help you find it and get them all in one place. Starting my pension is one of the best financial decisions I've made, and every time I see it being topped up, I feel a little bit more smug about my future self enjoying a G&T on me. To start your Penfold pension today and kick off the financial year strong, head to getpenfold.com forward slash refer forward slash Alice Benham, or just click the link in the show notes, and you'll get £25 put into your pension pot when you make your first deposit to help you get started. With pensions, as with all investments, your capital is at risk and the value can go both up and down. But what are you waiting for? Get your Penfold pension started today and happy saving. I would say that my business has been in the pivoting and the scaling phase since the middle to the end of 2019. I spoke in episode 143 about how in business there's not like a moment where you're like, right, we are now in the next stage. Here we are. It feels like that slow transition and what I would say is the defining factor of which stage you're at is what are your priorities with your business at that point. When I got towards the end of 2019, my one-to-one was consistently fully booked. I realized that there was a whole kind of next level that I wanted the business to go to, but the kind of current business model that I had wasn't gonna support that. And I felt like I was really stepping into this stage of scaling the business and leveling it up. I'd also say, as I've been in the scaling stage since, I've also been pivoting my business because I've gone from just being a digital marketing coach to now helping people with their business and marketing strategy. But I feel like the two kind of go hand in hand because 
when you're pivoting, you're kind of scaling. And I think when you're scaling, you're kind of pivoting. So this episode is going to be five things, which I guess I wish someone had told me as I stepped into this phase. This is the primary work that I now do within my one-to-one coaching is helping people with their pivoting and their scaling. It's definitely what gets me really excited about business. I also do this through my retreat, Gather and Grow. So I'm excited to share these with you. Let's begin with tip number one, which is expect that it's gonna get windier at the top. I remember when I first heard the quote, it's windier at the top. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I was in that very early starting and growing phase and I just couldn't relate. I was like, what do you mean it gets windier at the top? Like surely as you begin to get more established, as your business feels more successful, as you're beginning to see the results that you want, like surely it gets easier, no? Like it's windier at the start. And then I got closer to the top, I mean, there is no top is there like I guess I just began to get to a point where that's what my business was like and oh my lord I came crawling back to this quote being like okay I get it now I used to think genuinely that there would be a point where I would feel like my business was done or I would feel like I had made it now looking back I'm like you are such a fool like your business is constantly evolving there is no destination of success I completely get that now and actually I love that about my business now but I definitely expected there would be this final point and that when I got to this final point things would feel different all of the feels that I was experiencing when I was starting and growing my business you know the fear the self-doubt the uncertainty the overwhelm I was like well when When we reach that point, you know, whatever it was, a certain income level, a certain follower number, being fully booked, like those feelings are gonna go away. And the more that I reached those kind of milestone moments, I was like, oh, these feelings aren't going away. They're kind of just changing shape or they're just looking a little bit different. I was chatting with my uh, life coach yesterday, who I'm actually gonna have on the podcast very soon. So we're gonna talk about this in more detail about how life and business is cyclical, not linear. We like the idea of things being linear, right? You start at point A, you get to point B, and when you get to point B, you're good, you're done, you're finished. But that's just not the nature of business, it's a cycle. We are constantly going through this cycle where we are taking things to the next level and as we go around that cycle, we're experiencing all of the same feels and challenges. Yes, they look a bit different depending on where we're at, but that is something we continually go through. You don't get to a point where you're like, cool, I'm done, I'm good, this is now really easy. Sure, some things do get easier, but if I'm honest, that ease just gets replaced with the new challenges and the new fears and the new feelings. When I first stepped into this stage in my business, I made a real mistake of tying my potential feelings with very uh, binary levels and measures of success. I remember thinking, okay, well, when I'm fully booked, I'll feel more calm and I'll feel more confident in my business. And then I got fully booked and I was like, no, 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 okay. When I've got a group program, that'll be it. Oh, no, no, no. When I have a 20K launch, no, no, no. When I've got passive income, when I get a, and it was always just the next thing. I was moving the goalpost every time I got there because every time I got there, I realized that my feelings weren't changing. And that's a whole conversation within itself. I'll link the episode that I did with Julia in the show notes because that's just not the nature of business. We cannot be tying our contentment and our happiness and how we feel as the business owner with these kind of levels of success or with these milestone moments. 
Now those milestones, absolutely, I'm grateful for them, I'm proud of them, but I wish I had understood sooner. And this is something I'm still kind of unlearning. I do think it's pretty like taught to us in terms of how we see other people's success. And we assume that when you get quote unquote success, all of the struggles go away, that it absolutely gets windier at the top. What I've really learned about this is that the feels are still there. Like if you think of business, we are constantly feeling, maybe it's fear, maybe it's overwhelm, maybe it's uncertainty, maybe it's self-doubt. Now, do those feelings change shape absolutely because i no longer fear you know is this business possible to run or can i make any money or will i be able to say you know get to a point where i'm paying my bills absolutely i'm very incredibly grateful that i no longer experience those feelings and those question marks but i still experience those kind of overriding feelings they've just changed shape a bit you know the fear of can i get this business to a place where it's successful is turned into can I sustain the success of this business? Or can I take this to the next level of success that I want it to be at? The financial worry absolutely is nowhere near what it used to be like because before it was worrying, you know, can I actually make money? Is this actually viable? I'm not gonna say that I feel like financial anxiety in the same way that I did before because I definitely have a lot more processes and systems in place that give me a lot more kind of calmness, is that a word, with money? But I still have a lot of those feelings, but it's now, okay, what, you know, how am I going to afford to pay the team? Or how am I going to be able to invest in that next level of the business? Or how do we now sustain this income that the business is relying on? This idea of it getting windier at the top, I think, isn't just about our experience and how we feel as business owners, but I think it's also about our responsibility as we're beginning to get to having more established businesses to then think about, okay, well, what are we doing with maybe the platform that we have as a result? I really believe even if you've got 10 followers, that's 10 people that are choosing to listen to you. I use the analogy a lot. You know, if you had your follower number sat in a room in front of you, you would care about what you were saying to them and the impact that you were having on them. And as your business grows and establishes, you are likely gonna have more eyes on what you do and more ears listening to what you say. And I think with that, privilege absolutely needs to come responsibility. Responsibility around how you share the successes and those milestones and the shiny stuff within your business. Responsibility around how your business um, promotes you know, diversity and inclusion and how you're being considerate of the impact that every action in your business has on other people. I'm absolutely not preaching this message as someone who is perfect here. It's just, this has been a real learning curve for me. I was like, yeah, as you begin to kind of climb that mountaintop, I believe being a value-driven business is then considering, okay, well then what are you gonna do with that bit of a platform that you've got? How are you, once you get up the ladder halfway, gonna not lift the ladder up so no one else can come, but actually turn around and go, hey guys, here, up you come, let me show you the way, let me teach you a bit of what I've learned, let me support you to get to where I am now. It absolutely gets windier at the top. Is that a reason not to wanna reach the top. And again, the top even feels like the wrong way to put it because I don't think there is any top. It's like an ongoing climb, right? And also the top doesn't mean finances or follower number or anything like that. I think that's just down to how you measure the success of your business based off of your personal whys. But I think it is an important thing to be considerate of. And I kind of wish I'd understood that. I mean, I guess I wouldn't 
have taken it in and like got it if someone had tried to explain it to me until I experienced it myself. But it does get windier at the top and that's okay. I definitely saw it as a red flag at first. So I was like, oh, we're kind of beginning to, you know, experience some of these milestones and I'm still feeling self-doubt or I'm still questioning things or I'm still a little bit scared or I still don't have everything planned out. And the more that I've been stepping into this season, the more I'm like, oh no, okay, that's not only okay, but that is how it is meant to be. Like that proves that I'm still running my business by learning through action. And I think for me, a big learning to come from that is thinking, how do you begin to untie how you feel as the business owner with how your business is going? Because as things begin to pivot and scale, that kind of close attachment between the two, I think can get you focusing on the wrong things and also having a really tough experience as a business owner, which is a whole nother topic within itself. But it actually brings me on really nicely to tip number two, which is to know why you're doing it. Pivoting and scaling a business is challenging. I'm not gonna say it's more challenging than starting and growing. I think every season of business has its challenges, but there is no denying that taking a business to the next level comes with a lot of challenges. And I would say the biggest challenges that I have faced in pivoting and scaling have been the mindset and the mental ones. When I was starting and growing it, and this is just my experience, I'm not saying this is across the board, but when I was starting and growing, I felt like my biggest challenges were around the practical. You know, how am I gonna do this? How do I get this business out there? What does this actually look like? And as I've begun to scale and pivot my business, it's kind of changed sides. And now the biggest challenges that I face are the more mental ones. Now that's probably partly because my strength is in the practical and the strategy. So that comes to me quite naturally, but I don't think I'm the only one who feels that. And the biggest thing that is going to support you when you're coming up against those challenges as you're pivoting and scaling is knowing why you're doing it. Pivoting and scaling comes with so many question marks and mindset challenges. There are so many options of how you can pivot and scale a business. There is no three-step plan. There is no blueprint set out for you. It's a huge amount of taking messy action and kind of just riding the waves and seeing what that action is gonna teach you. And I think keeping focus throughout that is down to knowing your why and consistently reminding yourself of it. When you know why you're pivoting and scaling, it is so much easier to not only make the right decisions for you, but also to keep going. Now, when I say your why, I know I talk a lot about like, what's your why in business? What's your why for yourself? What's your why for others? And I'm not so much talking about that why here. I'm talking about the why behind this next season for your business. So if you're pivoting, why are you pivoting? If you're scaling, why are you scaling? There are so many different reasons that you'll do that. If I even think of the clients that I'm working with at the moment, as I said, my one-to-one is primarily people that are scaling and pivoting. They're all doing it for different reasons. It might be to do with their fulfillment as the business owner. It might be because they wanna take their income to the next level. It might be because they wanna build a business that opens themselves up to the next opportunity that they want to attract in. No matter what your why is, you wanna make sure you're clear on it because there are so many things that you can do as you pivot and scale and the more clear you are on what you're actually pivoting and scaling towards, the clearer your inner compass is gonna be in helping you with that decision-making 
and the more motivated you're gonna be when you're taking action and you're feeling all of those feels. So tip number two, know why you're doing it. Get clear on that before you think, okay, what action do I need to take? Because other people are gonna have so many opinions about, hey, this is where your business should go from here, or hey, here's the best next step for you. And I'm not saying ignore external thoughts, but I think get clear on why you're doing it first of all, and then welcome in the thoughts and perspectives that feel relevant because of that. Tip number three, if you are pivoting and scaling your business is to go foundations first and take it back to the core. Once you know what you're actually stepping into this season for, it's then about taking your business right back to the foundations and building it back up from there. When you're pivoting and scaling, you're very often changing up your business model. You know, if you want to maybe work less in your business, make more money, build something that's more scalable, In order to do that, you've got to pretty much shift the whole inner workings and foundations of your business. So take it right back to that central point. As if you're starting your business from scratch, take it back to that first thing of the heart of your business. What is your mission? What is your personal why? What are your values? Check back in with those. They've likely evolved. They've likely got clearer. Get those in place. Then go to the next stage of your foundations, look at your offerings. So this is your products or your services. With those central things really clear, what needs to be true about your products and services in order for your business to go to this next level? Do you need to get rid of some of the things that you do? I'm guessing you might need to add some more things in or perhaps just shift the way that you are working with people or selling your products. Once you've got that central point of your mission, your why, your values, check in with your offerings and think, how do these need to shift in line with that? Particularly if you're looking to scale your business, your offerings are gonna be the main way that you do that, especially if you are service-based. The whole, you know, build passive income, diversify your income streams, don't just trade time for money, that is gonna be important here. So looking at your offerings and thinking, what is the input versus output here? You know, what time am I putting in versus the impact and the income that I'm getting out? And what needs to shift for maybe that to be more scalable, more streamlined on a higher level, you know, whatever the why of your scaling is, that is gonna be a really important step. And I'd say with that, don't then feel the pressure to change everything at once. I sat down towards the end of 2019 and figured out, okay, the long-term of my business offerings is gonna be that there are products. There's an ongoing group program. There are one-off group programs. There's all these different things going on. I didn't launch all of those the next week. I had that rough idea in my head and then I took it step-by-step over the next year and a half to slowly launch each of those offerings and kind of refine and build them out step-by-step. So what you're doing here is you're outlining like in an ideal world, What are the offerings gonna be? And then it's breaking those down into smaller steps so that you can begin to implement them. Then it's taking it to the next point of your foundations, your brand. So thinking, how does this business get communicated externally? A lot of the time, and this is especially true if you're pivoting, you are changing the identity of your business. Over the last 18 months, my business has gone from Alice Benham Digital Marketing Coach to Alice Benham Business and Marketing Strategy. What I've done with that is yes, the central point of my business has shifted, my mission has shifted. So as a result, my brand has needed to change as well. The way that I explain my business, my mission statement, the copy that I write, the branding and the visuals that I use, all of those things needed, or I guess benefited from being leveled up in order for that pivot to take place. Then once you've got your brand, it's the next part of your foundations, looking at your marketing. Okay, 
you know who you're speaking as, let's think about how you're gonna be having this new conversation. If you've got new offerings, if your mission has shifted slightly, if you're pivoting to a new message, let's think what needs to change in order for that to be externally communicated. You know, if you're pivoting your business, are you gonna have a launch day where everything changes or are you gonna slowly transition? There's no right or wrong, but question what's gonna be the best fit for your business and come up with a plan for how you're gonna do that. Then once you've figured out your marketing, it's looking at that final piece of your foundations, your behind the scenes and thinking, right, now I've got all these pieces in place. Now I've kind of run through my foundations again. I've completely overhauled them. What can I do with my behind the scenes, AKA my systems and my processes and my time management and my goal setting in order to make the implementing of this strategy and the kind of use of these foundations as easy and as efficient as possible. Whether I am working with someone at the very start of their business, when they're pivoting or when they're scaling, it's the same work. Take it back to the core, start at the heart of your business, then map out your offerings, then think about your brand, then look at your marketing, then look at your behind the scenes. Different kind of, you know, educators and business coaches will explain your foundations in different ways. There's no right or wrong, but those for me are the core elements that you want to be looking at. And when you level up your business foundations first, you are gonna find it so much easier to then know what action you need to take. Because off the back of those clarified foundations, you then go, right, okay, well, we just need to start implementing this. As I said, it's not about, you know, day one, you go back to foundations and day two, your business looks wildly different and it's at this next level. No, it takes time and work and consistency to pivot and scale a business, you know, especially with pivoting, you are bringing your audience on a journey with you. You wanna do that in a very gentle, very intentional way. When you do it foundations first, that gentle, intentional, slow action is gonna feel so much clearer. So that is tip number three, go foundations first and take it back to the core. My penultimate tip for you, if you're in the pivoting and the scaling phase is number four, which is to find the equilibrium between niche and joy. Now this links in with what I've just been talking about with your foundations, because that central point in our foundations where we're looking at the mission of what we do, that is something that I see constantly evolving and often also diversifying as we grow our businesses. I think your kind of personal why and your values, those do shift, but they're often quite kind of slow movers. They maybe don't change too drastically. They just get clearer or head in a slightly different direction. Whereas your mission, well, that's something that can shift a fair bit in your business. You know, if you're pivoting a business, you are changing the mission of what you do, maybe drastically, maybe just in a small way. If you are scaling your business, your mission might not be changing a huge amount, but I'd imagine what you're known for and how people see you, if your offerings are changing, that is gonna shift as well. And what can be easily done, and I speak from major experience here, is that we have a bit of an identity crisis as we do that kind of central mission work. A thing that has come up so frequently in my conversations recently with clients is this idea of niching and how a lot of the time, I think our businesses diversify as they grow. You know, I started a business that was digital marketing coaching for service-based businesses. I now have a business that is business and marketing strategy for 
across all of my offerings, basically any size and type of business possible because my business has diversified. Now that's something I'm really grateful for. I find absolute joy in what variety and breadth there feels like there is in my business right now. But what's important to think about is how we don't lose the clarity of our businesses and therefore the focus of our action by diversifying what we do. It's been my biggest question mark as I've been in a season for the last year. How do I keep this business clear? If people cannot understand what you do, your business doesn't work because they can't engage with what you do. They can't buy your products and services. They can't get the impact that you're out to have. They can't help you to fulfill your personal why. That is such a key element. And as our businesses pivot and scale, as our messaging often does get a little bit broader, maybe a little bit more diverse, we do need to consider how do we keep things feeling clear? Now, there's no perfect solution to this, but what I would suggest is that you consider what for you, and for you is such an important thing to say here because there's no right or wrong. I can't tell you what is clear enough in your business, but what is gonna help you figure out for you is to think where does the equilibrium point sit between having a niche and clear business and you feeling fulfilled and experiencing joy as a business owner. I'm gonna link an Instagram post in the show notes so that you can see a visual of this if you wanna see it as I'm explaining it. But that equilibrium point between niche and joy is your business at its best. A niche business, yes, is a clear one. Other people can understand it. It's easily understood. That's really important. But if we just follow that and go, right, let's make the most niche business possible, I wonder if that's gonna have you feeling as joyful and as fulfilled as possible and whether actually that's gonna meet the kind of purpose behind this pivoting and scaling which you've already set out. Now, if we ignore the need to niche and just follow our joy and fulfillment, I think that's where we can, on the other side of the coin, build these businesses which, yeah, they might feel great to us, they might cover and encapsulate all of the things that we love and the passions that we have and the things that we could help people with, but actually we've lost the clarity and the focus in doing that and then it's not clear to others what the business does and people therefore can't engage with it. So it's about finding that equilibrium point where those two meet, where your business is niche enough so that other people understand it, so that it's clear, but diverse enough that it feels joyful and fulfilling to you. There is a big difference between could and should. And I feel like this is what this point is about, is learning, okay, I could build a business that is all of these things, you know, helping all the people with all the stuff. Let's figure out what is the should within that. And I don't mean the shoulds of like what other people think you should do because hello, don't be listening to those shoulds, but the shoulds of like, what should you really be doing within that? For me, a big part of this has been getting rid of some of my programs and my messaging, which are still things that I love, still things that I can teach, still things that I am passionate about and good at, but they just add a bit too much confusion into the business. It's questioning every part of your business and going, is this an essential to me? You know, by adding this extra thing in, am I creating a business which loses its clarity and therefore is hard for me to run because there's no focus to it and is even harder for people to understand and therefore engage with. So point number four, find the equilibrium point between niche and joy, which brings me on final tip, tip number five, which is to look after your time more than your money. Now, Maybe the more than your money bit is where I'm more speaking about my personal experience, but just looking at that first part of that tip, absolutely look after your time. 
Time is gonna be your most precious asset when you are scaling and pivoting your business. Generally, when you've got to this stage, your time is already filled up because you already have an established business. It might be that you're already fully booked with clients. It might be that you're already sold out with all your products. So your time is already fully allocated. And yes, money is important and money is valuable and money can help you to scale and to pivot. But ultimately, the only thing you need to pivot into scale is time. And when you're in this phase in your business, it's often the thing that you are lacking the most. So look after your time would be my final encouragement. This is gonna look different to each of us, but I'd say it's first of all knowing what time are you willing to give to your business? So this is knowing what your priorities are, you know, how much time do you wanna be working in your business? How much time do you wanna have off? How much time do you need off to look after yourself physically and mentally? know what the boundaries are of the time that your business has. And then it's about realizing, okay, right now, where is that time going? Do a time audit so you can identify where your time is being spent. So often in business, we are not aware of where our time is going. And when time is our most precious resource that we cannot get any more of, no matter how hard we try, it is so important that we know where it's being spent. So do a time audit, download an app that tracks your time, spend a week tracking it, and I bet you are gonna have some quite surprising and maybe shocking and maybe a little bit confronting realizations about where your time is really going. When you know where your time is being spent, you can then measure that against where your time is best spent. As the business owner, you are best in a position where you are first of all working on the business, you know, doing the things that don't feel urgent but are moving the business forward, that foundational work, the strategy, the implementation of that. And second of all, where you are delivering your products and your services. The one thing that my team will never be able to take from me that I'll never be able to or even want to delegate is the coaching and the teaching and the podcast hosting and the content creation. Because in my business, those are the things that I need to be doing, first of all, for the business to actually work and for people to want to engage in the business. And second of all, for the business to grow. Identify where your time is best spent and match that up against where your time is being spent. Then it's about thinking what action can you take to get some more time back so that you can invest it into the scaling and the pivoting, and also what you can do just to make sure your time is being best spent. I'd say there's four options you've got here. The first is to eliminate. So look at the tasks in front of you and think how many of these can I get rid of? Not just how many can I give to other people or automate? Can any of these actually just get gone in my business? Maybe it's an action that served you in the starting and the growing phase, but now it's not really bringing in the result that you need or want it to. Eliminate. Second thing, can you delegate? Is there someone else that you work with? Do you have a team member, a freelancer, a VA, an OBM that you can give that task to? That would be your next option. Then if that doesn't feel like an option, okay, could you outsource? If there's not like an internal team that you've already got things that you can delegate to, could there be someone that you bring in that you can then begin that outsourcing process with? Is it that it just doesn't make any sense for that to be happening within your business? An example here would be with my accounting. Hello, I don't wanna do my accounting. It's not where my time's being best spent. I'm not the best at doing it. Even though fun fact, I'm actually a qualified accountant, which is how I left school early is that I didn't, I hired myself as an apprentice to do accounting. 
so that it wasn't illegal because I was 16. Uh, but that's another story for another day. So that's something for me that it was a no brainer as I was stepping into pivoting and scaling. I knew that outsourcing my bookkeeping and my tax return and everything like that was going to be really important. Not only so I knew that stuff was being done well, but also so it wasn't a drain on mine or my team's time. Then the final thing you could do with your tasks, if you haven't been able to eliminate, delegate or outsource is to automate. So this is thinking, okay, it is right for me to do this task. Or maybe I can't afford right now to delegate or outsource. Or maybe it is something that I need to be doing. How can you make that more streamlined? Can you put a system or a process in place which is gonna make that process a little bit more efficient? You know, can you automate your client onboarding? Can you have templates in place which make it easier for you to do that task? Is there a workflow that's gonna simplify the process? Is there a tool or a piece of software that you can use that's gonna make it that little bit quicker? If you look at all of the tasks in your business and think, could I eliminate, delegate, outsource, or automate all of these, you are gonna end up with a task list and a behind the scenes in your business, which is so much more efficient. And that efficiency gives you more time. And what you do with that time is up to you. You can put that time into the pivoting and the scaling work, or do you wanna take that time out from your business and maybe just have more time to chill or to enjoy what it is that you work so hard for? Looking after your time is so key. I mean, this is true in any stage of business, but particularly when you are pivoting and scaling. So know how much time you're willing to give, know where it's being spent, and then think how you can make the behind the scenes of your business more efficient and more streamlined. Would say a whole nother topic is talking about investing when you are pivoting and scaling and kind of what spending your money can do when you're in that stage. So let me know if that's something that you wanna hear more about, but that's it for this episode. Five tips if you are pivoting and scaling your business. I would love to hear, have you got any that you would add to this list? What have been the major kind of learning curves or, oh my gosh, I wish I'd known that at the start, moments for you, what has really helped you in this season of your business, fill me in. You can come and find me over on Instagram at Alice underscore Benham and I would absolutely love for you to share when and where and how you're listening to the podcast. It means so much to see the faces and the people behind the numbers and the listeners. So come and let me know where you're listening from. Come and let me know your thoughts on the episode. And thank you again for listening to another episode of Starting the Conversation. If you haven't yet listened to episode number 143 and you do wanna learn more about my tips for starting and growing your business, as I said, I feel like the tips are really relevant no matter what stage you're at. Make sure to go and have a listen to that. But I'll be back in your ears next Monday with another episode. So until then, I hope you have the best week. Thank you.